sermon this morning is based on the first lesson from Acts chapter 9. I invite you to open up your bulletins there as we're going to hear St. Luke in, in just a minute recount to us the conversion of St. Paul. This is a, a one-in-a-kind, one-of-a-kind story in the Bible. It really is. The, the resurrection of appearances of Jesus post-Easter, um, they're sort of like a dime a dozen. And, and I don't say that to, to demean them, because when someone says, I'm going to be crucified, and then be raised back to life, and then he does it, well, that's extraordinary. I I say that this is a -a one-of-a-kind story, and and that these resurrection appearances are a dime a dozen because there's so many of them. Literally hundreds of people saw him rise from the dead, and and we saw already his third appearance here in in the Gospel of John here, here this morning. This story is unique, though, because this is the only story of Jesus' resurrected body coming back from the dead after his ascension. You see that? He had already ascended into heaven, and now here he is in flesh and blood standing before Saul on the road to Emmaus. And as far as I can tell from the entire Bible, this is the only time that it happened. This is absolutely unique. And Luke wants us to know that. See, Jesus appeared to Ananias too, but in a vision. That's what it says in verse 10. It says the Lord called to him in a vision. But, but not to St. Paul, not, not to Saul. To Saul he appeared in flesh and blood. And by the way, if you didn't know this, this is the reason why St. Paul can take for himself the title Apostle, one of the special witnesses of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. This, This story is amazing. It's absolutely unique in the Scriptures because it is the only time that Jesus appears in flesh and blood to one of his disciples post ascension. But it's also uniquely a failure. It was a planned failure, don't get me wrong, but it was uniquely a failure. And we're going to see that in just a second, that when Jesus appears to Saul, he's left worse off than before. It's only three days later, interestingly enough. It's only three days later when he rises He gets up, and he goes on a mission. Listen to St. Paul's account of this very special day in St. Paul's life. Meanwhile, Saul was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, 
he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind, and he did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision. Ananias! Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he's come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on his name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. This is God's Word. You know, of all the resurrection appearances of Jesus, this has got to be the one that's, we might say, the least productive. I mean, did you notice the gospel lesson for today, that here we have Jesus' disciples, Peter, principal among them. And when they cast their nets and realize that this is Jesus, the boat is too slow for the heart of Peter, and so he takes a swan dive into the sea so that he can get to Jesus that much quicker. And the rest of the disciples are really no different. They're no different. They have breakfast with Jesus Their hearts are alive with faith because the scales have already fallen from their eyes. They believe that Jesus has risen from the dead. A very, very productive, you might say, resurrection appearance. But if you compare, say, like the road to Emmaus and the road to Damascus, there's a big difference between the results of those resurrection appearances. I think about what happened to Paul when Jesus appeared to him, especially immediately afterwards. He dies. That's what happens. Now, don't get me wrong. He, 
he was long dead before this, but all of a sudden he realizes that he is dead. And he stops eating and he stops drinking because he knows it. That he had been persecuting the very living God. And so he dies. And he sequesters himself off in a house. But that's not all. He's not just dead. He's blind. He can't even see literally two feet in front of his face. If you compare these resurrection appearances, you'll see very quickly that this was quite unproductive appearance of Jesus. And you have to understand this about Jesus, that this is also very outside of his character. I mean, we know this about Jesus, right? That if you read from Luke chapter 4, this is his mission. This is his mission that he would raise the dead. That he would help the blind to see. And here is Jesus appearing to Saul on the road to Damascus, and what does he do? He kills him. What does he do? He makes him blind. We have to think about this true enough. He, he was helping about out the, the Christian church, and he was saying to the Christian church, look, that snake who had fangs, I've defanged him, but he's still a snake. And that terrorist that was killing Christians, that terrorist, well, he's imprisoned by his own senses now, but he is still a terrorist, mind you. What is Jesus doing here? Why would he leave Saul just to stew? And why would he let him begin to starve himself and not drink for literally three days? And, and why would he leave him praying and not answer his prayer, at least not very quickly? What is Jesus doing here? Why such a planned failure in a resurrection appearance? Maybe it was for the good of the Apostle Paul, right? Or maybe, just maybe, that Jesus is trying to teach you something here today about interruptions in your life. See, maybe you've noticed this today, and you can see this, that people don't want to be interrupted anymore. People are just done. They're done with interruptions, especially when it comes to their religious living. If you notice this, do, do yourself a favor and Google later yoga cell phones. Just put that in the search card. Yoga cell phones. And what you'll see right away is this big, long listing of articles against all those stupid people who bring their cell phones to yoga class and then leave them on because of all the interruptions. Have you noticed this about our culture today, that we're just done with the interruption? We're sick and tired with the interruption. And and you know what? There's something true about that, that sometimes interruptions do leave us further from God. And, and, And sometimes interruptions will tear us away from the gospel. 
But the truth of the matter is this. What would have happened to Saul if God wouldn't have interrupted him? Where would he have ended up? We need interruptions in our spiritual lives. We, we really do. I mean, think about this from the Apostle Paul's perspective. What if the voice of Jesus hadn't told Saul that you are persecuting me? He would have gone on believing. He would have gone on believing that my life is pleasing to God when it wasn't. He, he would have gone on believing that it's okay to slap a label on people. Let's just call them the way. We'll slap a label on people or persecute them violently and throw them into jail and kill them. It's okay. We'll depersonalize them. That's what we'll do. I got it. And then you could go on believing that that's just okay. We need interruptions in our lives. We need voices. We need people to tell us the truth. Voices like the voice of Ananias. I love this part of the story. I love it because God sends Ananias to interrupt Paul's death and to interrupt his blindness. This is, this is what, um, how Luke tells the story. And mind you, when did this happen? On the third day. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. We can't miss this here that it wasn't the appearance of Jesus on the road that changed him. It wasn't the fact that he spent three days meditating without interruption and fasting and all this stuff that changed him. It was the voice of a normal human being. A member of the clergy. It's surprising in, in this world that's so anti-clerical. What we have here is a member of the clergy, and what does he bring with him? I love this part. He, he says, Jesus sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then and only then does Saul become Paul. Then and only then do the scales fall from his eyes. Then and only then is someone there to baptize him and wash his sins away. Then and only then, once he had been interrupted by a rather normal human being, was he filled all the way to the brim 
with the Holy Spirit. I hope you see what Luke is doing. He's got this huge arrow, literally a huge arrow, and it's pointing at Ananias. This, this is the climax of it all. This is where the fireworks show literally goes. It's almost like there's this big billboard that's flashing. This is where it happens. Normal human beings go to other human beings and they bring with them the Holy Spirit. St. Luke is elevating to the highest heavens, the ministry of the Word of God. So on the third day, after Jesus appeared to Saul, he was washed. On the third day, after Jesus appeared to him, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So on the third day, he got up with a new name and he went on a mission. Brothers and sisters in Christ, <laughs> Jesus has called me here today. And he's told me to share with you a very special message. Jesus, whom God sent, and whom you crucified by your wayward life and your slapping of labels on other people, God is raised from the dead. And he now is seated at God's right hand. And he will judge the living and the dead. And he wants to me to tell you something very special. He's not angry with you. You laugh, but he's not. He is not angry with you. He loves you. He loved you from cross to empty tomb. And he wants you to be with him forever. Do you hear what I'm saying? In Jesus' place, I am telling you that he has conquered death. And that he lives forever. And your sins are gone. And that the devil is trampled. You see what just happened here? The Holy Spirit just entered your heart. And He filled you. And there's all kinds of scales lying on the ground. And you've just opened your eyes for the first time like a newborn baby. And you can see. Today, we can say, is the third day. You know, that's where Christians live. We live on the third day. Right there. And we know this from the Bible, that on the third day, life begins. We know it from the story of Jesus. We know it from the story of Jesus that on the third day, death died. And sins were declared gone. And that the devil is destroyed. 
That is what happened on the third day. We know this from the story of Saul because on the third day he got up. He was baptized. He got a new name and he went on a mission. Today is the third day. Get up. Take a new name. Leave this place with new purpose. And go on a mission. Amen. Please stand. We'll confess our faith.